What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. If it's your first time coming to hang out for the podcast, first of all, welcome. But let me tell you what's going to be going on in this episode so everybody can be down to chill. So, the name Buds, Bros, and Superheroes is the name of the show, but it's also going to be the three sections of conversation we're going to be having today. So, in the Bud section, it's for Travelers of the Green. I, I think I've actually taken a step up from a novice to a journeyman. I'm, I'm really stepping my foot forward in this Traveling of the Green while taking myself into the medical marijuana field. I'm now a dispensary associate. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And just, I mean, in about seven days, I've learned more about cannabis than I've ever known in my entire life. It's quite amazing. In the bro section, you have taken an even bigger step, my man. Like, you have stepped foot in something of like, oh, man, you are a dad. First time father, I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Get your knowledge. Have you just tell me all the greatness that has happened since. And I'm so excited for you. So excited to talk about it. And then finally, in the superheroes, those who are familiar with the show know that I like to stretch superheroes just a little bit. You know, it doesn't always have to be Marvel or DC Comics or even comic books for that matter. I've tried to go in and out of different things. And this week we've landed on Game of Thrones and magic and mystic and people wearing capes. I mean, we're already like that sounds like superheroes already. So I didn't really find a hard way of putting that into the superheroes section game of thrones season one is what is on the topic schedule like i said uh, i don't know if i said in the beginning but my name is nick james today my guest is returning because gosh it's just too easy to talk to you it's brother johnny back for another episode of buds bros and superheroes brother johnny please say hello hey everybody glad to be here um absolutely thrilled to talk about the new chapters your new role and you know like you said it's very easy but it's you know selfishly an easy opportunity for you and i just to catch up organically thank you for all the listeners out there if this sounds like something you're interested in strap in right now because we're going to get the episode going proper the same way we always do which is entering into the bud section so like i kind of you know i didn't bury the lead guys i started off strong we're going to talk about it right off front street i am a dispensary associate right in my hometown of pennsylvania here to help for anybody who wants to message over on the instagram and stuff like that because fuck dude i've learned a lot it's crazy it's a good good job though it's a lot of fun so far it's just do you know how many products we have not enough it seemed that day for some people but overall and on balance between the many different ways to consume medical marijuana here in the state of pennsylvania i think it's got to be over a thousand wow yeah so you can have yourself some flour you can do yourself some concentrates we have liquid live resins which are like carts and then we have regular concentrates did i say that one already i feel like i said concentrates twice in there it doesn't matter. There's a lot of stuff inside here, and there's just so much to learn. But it's it's been really cool, man. Well, and the thing that, you know, obviously has always excited me about the topic and talking to you about it specifically is just the thirst for knowledge that you have. And now there's this very clear avenue to go out and get it, right? Like, you can always Google and, you know, try and figure out as many things of your own and then you're like ah was that just a google article was that just where i got caught down a rabbit hole and you know kind of finding what you know the internet's great but it also allows you to just seek or find what you're seeking if that makes sense like and i know it oversimplifies it but it's like you're only going to look at parts of the topics that you really want to have but this is like it opens your eyes up to all of the different avenues good bad and indifferent in my opinion just for like hey, you might have somebody who's just coming in pick up their regular eighth for the week, but you might be coming in and dealing with a woman who needs a tincture for her child because she's got seizures, right? Like you're going to probably see the full spectrum of that on the medical side of the house and, and what you're dealing with now with the new role. For sure, yeah. And that shit's kind of really honestly already happened where people come in and I am learning how to look at the different terpenes inside of the flower and inside of the product to figure out how that works. And that kind of brings me into the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about is like, do, do, are you familiar with terpenes? No, not, I mean, no. <laughs> it's one of the fun things that I've learned. So well, usually when people come in, they look at the label. So right now I'm going to use exactly what I'm smoking on, which is some nice terrapin flower. 
and I bought this specifically for the wrong reasons normally. You know, I just had to try it for the name. It's Princess Leia. So you saw that coming. But right. to be honest, it works in a way for medicine in the fact that it's got some nice myrcene in it. So that's one of the terpenes. So like a terpene are the organic compounds found in the essential oil of the plants that naturally exist across different strains of marijuana. So they're already there. They're already natural. And they really just add to it. The unique collection of terpenes give each strain its distinct flavor and in combination with the cannabinoid profile, determine which specific effects you feel. Huh. So that's really the knowledge drop that came on me. And I've been trying to wrap my head around, you know, the listeners of the show know that I'm, I'm not bright. <laughs> I like to try in my head to simplify things to make it easier. So I've been trying to think of this like a cookie or a baked good. And let's just say finished flour is like a sugar cookie. And people think that, oh, man, to have the best sugar cookie I need, I need the most sugar. I need the most THC. Mm-hmm. But. In my opinion, now learning about all these terpenes, like those are the different things like, you know, the vanilla extract. You know, if you double down on sugar but didn't put vanilla extract, it probably wouldn't be a delicious cookie. You know what I mean? It's the combination of all these different ingredients that make the finished product available to you in different ways. So if you're seeing, oh, that only has like, you know, people come in like it's less than 20% THC, like that's not going to hit me right. And it's like, yeah, but look at all these different terpenes. You know, like I said, the myrcene one, that's the body relaxer. That's the muscle relaxer of like making you feel relaxed and taking away some of the inflammation and shit like that. You have to take that into account. That's wild. And that's the thing that's just like so cool about it in my eyes too and i feel like now that it's stepping out from the you know the dirty dirty shadows if you will of the world where you can't like it's obviously normal to talk about it you have a podcast you're you're moving forward with the conversation in terms of just educating people about what the product itself does it's not just to sit back on the couch have a munchies friday night and call it a day like it's so much more than that i think we may have even touched on it in a previous episode but just you know the different like you said the different ways that it hits your body and the different sensors that are in you from the cannabinoid side of it i just find fascinating it is and that's you know one of the things that i was learning the other day as well we were going through the history of it in this country and the different ways of how it's been used especially on the hemp side like i never thought about this before but like back in the day day I'm talking before this country was a country country. You were almost obliged to grow hemp. Could be fined if they found <laughs> that you did not grow hemp. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> they would use that ship for ships. I didn't think about it, but all the sails, mm. all the ropes, all the nautical ropes, like yeah. I watched them just take three things and they pretty much braid it and then that three things becomes another thing that becomes three and it just gets bigger and bigger until it's all of a sudden like you know the size of a fucking coke can and it started off small and just all the twine that's roped into it literally roped into it like it's it's one of the greatest crops that we've ever had and then they were going on and telling me about like washington and jefferson growing it and stuff like that, you know, yeah. not for the reasons of what we're talking about today, you know, as pure as that, that later did come down the line. And I learned about some of the first people who got medicated for it. And there are even people to this day have been receiving medical marijuana for the government for decades now. There's a select handful of them. Maybe I can't remember the number. It was under 20. But they tried a new law and some people got in and then got grandfathered in and have been receiving cannabis from the government for years like decades like longer than any other program has ever existed because of and you gotta believe the strongest of strong like because at that point you're on it for decades (laughs) it's nutty and i swear to god i would love anybody to look this up with me and help me find it i could have sworn i first heard about that story on ripley's believe it or not do Mm. you remember watching that show oh yeah yeah for sure where dean kane was the host and i was like look it's fucking superman Guys, yeah. it's Superman, and he's telling me fun stuff. I could have sworn I saw that one. But I just loved in between the commercials, like, there was a steel wall, and almost from behind it, the words would pop into it. Ripley's. You know, like, boom, boom, and it'd be like, Ripley's, believe it or not. Yep. But every now and then, they had one where it'd go, believe it or not, and stamp them in individually. And I'd be <laughs> like, is it going to be this one? Is it going to be this time? Weird little tangent there, but... <laughs> 
I, I love that show. Let's bring it back. Let's bring back Dean Kane too. Please believe. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of shit that I still won't believe. So, <laughs> so not only is all this knowledge really great for me to help patients, but it's also great for myself inside the program to start to really learn what this can do. And I am trying a bunch of different products. I am trying to get as much knowledge as I can as selfishly or as selflessly <laughs> as I am doing it because, you know, that's what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it for the patients. That's it. Advance the cause. But the craziest so far that I tried is an RSO, and it comes in a little syringe. Normally, I think I was talking about it where you can mix it into an oil, like a vegetable oil, and then cook with it. And then you can figure out how much weed is in your product and stuff like that. You can figure out how much each THC level and different stuff is in your product, right? Or in your the product of what you baked, I should mm-hmm. say. But I've learned, too, like, you could just eat it. <laughs> you could just put a milligram under your tongue and see how that goes. And, like, a straight shot of that was something that super duper got me a satisfying result of like, you want to talk about a nice mirror scene level of like feeling melted into the couch and like not up here. That's what's great about it. There's another one um, that gives you the euphoria that makes your mind kind of still go. So I was just sitting watching TV, just felt everything in me float away as Mm -hmm. I was able to concentrate still and just feel like, Oh, you know, because I got this job right on the heels of my other one. So I worked a full-time week for the company that I was at and then started this job full-time. No relaxation. So like at the end of that seven day stretch, I just put it, I, it was great. It was the best idea I think I might've ever had. And (laughs) I don't want to get in trouble because I, you know, it's, it's, it's not for babies. Okay. People take your medicine as you, as you should. In terms of just handle your high, watch your dosage. But I put a little dab right on top of a gusher. Mm. Yeah. And then put that sublingually, let it warm up inside my mouth because it is, it comes out thicker than syrup. Sometimes you even need to run it under hot water to get it working, get it live almost to even get it out of the syringe. And then you just sit, get a little sublingually, like I said, and then just gusher, gusher it. So it mixes in with the taste a little bit because it does taste like exactly what you would think. It tastes like a very strong kind of cannabis taste. But when you mix it in with a sweet of the gusher, it was, it was very good. And then I had my nice relaxing night. It was, it was quite wonderful. Love that. I mean, that is just a, uh, to go to market strategy. I can get behind. (laughs) But other than all that, man, like I said, I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to have more and more to like on a serious note. I know that I said testing the product selflessly and that was meant to be a joke, but I really am excited to take this podcast to the next step inside the bud section of being able to help bring people more and more knowledge. When the podcast started, that was my goal was to gain that knowledge. So now that I'm kind of stepping it up in terms of I'll be able to read about this and how yep. bring it to the table every week. I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So any questions anybody has, uh, anybody who wants a specific topic to come up or anything like that, I'll be down for for sure. Yeah, we almost uh, probably prefer it, right, guys? That's how the conversation continues and moves forward, just like on a bigger scale, right? It's not the same old, same old topics that get covered over and over again. Like, let's hear really you know what you guys are thinking when it comes to the topic of blood right like you said nobody really ever wants to feel like they're talked at they want to be talked you know kind of with so engage so with a little bit of a shameless plug here that is how you can engage is finding us on the internet that would be great uh facebook instagram twitter youtube comments subscribing following all those fun things would be great but that is the way we are going to exit on out of this bud section and head right into the bro section where you're going to do the heavy lifting now sir you're going to tell me all about daddy 101 yeah absolutely nuts the biggest thing i can tell you is sleep when they sleep and then uh you know if you have any doubts just um just love them Right, like it's, it's it's not that hard. It's pretty crazy, man. You just pour your time and energy into it. You figure it out. I, we're very 
very lucky to have an awesome, you know, support system and network around us, whether it be, uh, um, you know, family or friends between both sets of grandparents being retired recently uh, and being able to get over here, whether it be, you know, drop of a hat more so for my parents because where they're located or, you know, the regular visits that are carved out, um, you know, for Nana and, and Grandpa on, on, on her side. It's just great, man. She's just so loved so soon, which is just a, a remarkable, you know, type of thing to just see from, again, the, the network of people that we're so fortunate to call our friends and family. You reminded me there, I was watching a little Tom Segura where he was talking about, you know, it's easy. Wham! Mean something, idiot. Figure it out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> where you're just like, you know, I'll figure it out. I got it. And it's just the other joke in there. And I don't mean it towards you, but fuck it. Had me rolling on the floor. It's like, yeah, he's upset all the time. If you were my dad, I'd be pissed off too if that's the first face <laughs> I saw in the morning. Yeah, well, and I even think, right? So she'll start uh, now, like, kind of nestling her head up against my cheek when she's, uh, you know, done feeding and, and or getting burp. And so I, I was talking to Laura and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to, like, shave. She's not going to know, like, because I don't have a lot, but I have enough where she's like, getting used to that feeling up against the side of her cheek and ear at this point. And she's like, okay, that's dad versus mom. Right. Cause mom doesn't have facial hair growing out the side of her. Like I do. So it's, it's really cool to just see her, you know, just grow every day. That's the craziest thing. Like, so we were talking, you know, before the show here, just uh, some of the craziness of how, you know, time is broken down and you're kind of just living to the next, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, hour and a half, you know, some cases, six hours worth of sleep, right? If she does a great job and, and stays down overnight, but depending on, you know, each individual situation is you just, it's moment to moment now. And I never really understood what a moment, you know, in time technically, you know, was because you couldn't quantify it. But now I'm starting to see that type of stuff, which is really nutty. And then I'm starting to kind of look back and go, okay, that was a moment. You know what I mean? And maybe not even necessarily with, you know, her and I, or, but maybe, you know, and I and living, you know, in an apartment, you know, kind of struggling, if you will, on some of the things. And now to be the opposite where, you know, you flag somebody down and say, hey, you want to come cut my grass for like 50 bucks today? Like, I, I just I'm not going to have the time to do it. You're in the area. You do a nice job. I'm like just to, that's two totally different places from, you know, even the kid who was double checking what the debit card looked like so he could go and, you know, spend potentially the last 50 of $65 on, you know, his local quarter, right. Or whatever the case may be. It's just, it's, it's really, really crazy to start seeing like that moment in time is like three years. Now moment in time is like three hours if I'm lucky, right. Just seeing how some of this stuff starts to develop. It's, it's really crazy. And again, like watching her grow is my favorite thing. And it's, it's really crazy that that's where my, uh, you know, priorities have kind of shifted. I really just can't, wait and maybe it's some we'll, we'll see how many times she's sleeping and i'm screaming at the cowboys and it's the other way but to just have a couple nice easy football sundays right like conked out on my chest like laying there just daddy and, and daughter hanging out it's i don't know it's crazy it's a role i feel like i was built for that's beautiful man Gosh, <laughs> yeah no you really were I've got to say, out of everyone I've ever known, I've been most excited for you to see as a dad for two reasons, you know, just because, again, I would have to agree that, yes, you were built for it. And two, now that you for sure have a daughter, we get to do the bad boys two routine, which like I have been so excited for. If those don't know, just go ahead and look that up on YouTube of this uh, girl getting picked up for her first date and the dad and best friend slash uncle come to the door and just being like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, I was actually I was watching. I was down in Virginia um, for a Memorial Day weekend softball tournament with a couple of my buddies, and it was on the TV, and I, we couldn't turn it off. It was like right before they were, uh, you know, it, it, right at the perfect timing where I was like, "Hold on, we only have maybe one commercial break, if that, right? That we're gonna have to sit through, and then we're gonna get to this part." And I was just uh, cracking up, and you know, <laughs> just <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> oh man, just. Just great. Absolutely perfect. I'm not going back to jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You a virgin? <laughs> yeah. You want to stay that way? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most uh, hardcore line in it. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> so good. So good. And those two, I mean, I heard, if those two don't embody the two of us, I don't know really what, it, you know, ride or die we're in it together but we definitely it's like 
uh, maybe I would do it. I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> and that's what's the perfect part about, you know, both of them. Because when it comes to, you know, protecting loved ones, that's exactly, they are on the same page, which I love. Because that is 100% us. They fucking men, brother. So to keep on top for this brew section, just had a few kind of questions. I don't know if they're really hardcore. Yeah. Just if there's anything like you're like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this to happen or anything like, huh, nobody told me that was going to happen. Kind of nobody moments. told me that was going to happen. I mean, I would say, you know, she, she's checked a lot of the boxes, I would say, at least from, a, oh, you told me it was going to happen type of thing. Right. Like from a, try and get your sleep when she's sleeping, um, you know, take her for walks, daytime noises, nighttime noises, this, that, the other. But. Ooh, wait, what's that? I've never heard that one. So you just want to make sure that, like, in the morning, you're you got windows open. You're keeping her by the sunlight. You let her, you know, day daytime noises is the birds chirping and the sun shining and that. Whereas nighttime noises, it's like the crickets and it's like you know, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like uh, that was good enough. No, I understand. And stuff. Like that so one no, bug that you only hear at night. That's all like wing. <laughs> And it doesn't matter where you are in this country, you hear that shit at night, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And all uh, that and I, I hit that hard. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and all that aliens are doing is coordinating us with that noise. That's that's all that is, and conditioning us to that. <laughs> no, I kid. Um, from a standpoint of not prepared, I mean, dude, I don't think anything could prepare you. Like, obviously, um, changing diapers is you know you have to do it but like just some of like what it actually turns out to be is just like nutty to me man and, and granted girl so i would say just based on the experience that my sister's now having with a boy baby and she's only had boys but like there's no real live line of fire if you will right like it's already caught you know a couple peepees where it's Hey, even if you're changing a PP diaper sometimes, hey, oh, the wind hit it a certain way. Like, you know how it is <laughs> with your baby. If you probably just let it rip. We, that doesn't really happen, I wouldn't say, with girls. But what has happened a couple of times is, like, you go in to change a diaper and, like, you either didn't catch it all the way at the end. So, like, I've nothing can prepare you for watching shit come out of somebody else's ass. Like I I've picked up Thor's <laughs> dumps for how long? Five years. Now. So like, I've seen the process of like what shit coming out of a fucking, you know, dog's ass looks like. And I'm sorry listeners to get graphic on you, but like, Holy fuck. Like this, like I love that child to be able to look at her in the eyes and just completely forget that, like know it happened, but kind of forget that it happened. And it's like, Yo, that is some crazy shit that, like, I'm telling you right now, and I, next time it happens, I'll still be fucking surprised and not prepared for it, because I just don't, I, I don't think you can. But looking forward to, uh, dude, man, I, I, I'm so competitive, right? And we're thankfully, or, or maybe not thankfully, right? We got, my sister just had her, uh, her second child about a month after, um, you know, my first year. So, we... Uh, from a looking forward to standpoint, all of those different milestones, right? Like whether it be, um, you know, first steps, getting her potty trained. I mean, shoot, she's from jump felt like, and you know, it's a typical parent brag, right? Oh, she has the strongest neck. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like for me, right? Like it feels like she's able to hold her balance up. She's looking around. She certainly tracked the light very well. She's able to follow her own reflection in the mirror pretty well. Like, Again, I'll gush for hours as long as, you know, the listeners will stay tuned in, right? Because there are just so many unique things that you're just reliving through them for the first time. But, you know, as crazy as it sounds to you, like, I'm so looking forward to, like, coaching her soccer team or her softball team or just shooting baskets out front with her. Like, you know, being just a confidant, right? A daddy-daughter. It's like it goes – honestly, I'm just so – excited for fatherhood in general right like because i just like really always wanted to be the head of a household um and just be able to kind of look out on kind of a horizon and say yep like that's that's me and mine right like i i built this as goes back to having Everything the, the light touches yeah. <laughs> yeah dude uh 100 <laughs> dude uh, and like 
as the house continues to get improvements and we start to move up professionally, just the see time kind of just continue to tick through the hourglass, right? It's not slowing down for anybody. And they've said it for so long. I feel like freaking Adam Sandler grabbing the kid's face and, and Billy Madison, just stay here for as long as you can. Cause I mean, as so excited I am about this, even to hear my, you know, boss at work tell me like, Hey, you know, take an extra hour here, take an extra 45 minutes. There. Like, she's only going to be this size once. And like, that is fucking crazy. Cause as much as that is obviously true, I only know her as this, right? Like, so I'm going to obviously watch and see her grow and like day to day and like all that. But like, it's hard for me to imagine that right now. But at the same time, I can also sit there and be like, Holy shit. I'm watching my wife or my wife's father so my father-in-law danced with my sister-in-law at her wedding and i'm like i'm gonna have to do that someday if i'm lucky right like i'm gonna have a daddy daughter dance with my daughter someday i'm gonna have to give her away potentially to somebody right like these are all things that are just like so beyond man it's 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 really nutty and that's like all if i'm lucky enough to keep my health and my you know lifestyle and all that in check I get to watch this amazing individual that I was able to, you know, be a part of creating, right? And hopefully molding and sculpting and all that moving forward, but just be a part of that as both a contributor and like a participant, if that makes sense. Like it's 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 really nutty, man. Because I don't know how we're viewed that way from our parents just quite yet. Like, I think they're starting to see it and we're starting to be gaining and going and hey, okay, they got their feet under them. They're, you know, grownups, if they will. We're not just the, you know, little kids anymore being married, you know, celebrating anniversaries. And it's, it's crazy. But now it's just, it's, it's milestone after milestone. Yeah, the definitely the more you grow up, it's harder to see your kids like that from what I've also come to understand. Like, how can you look at your kid as a kid anymore when they have a kid, especially you know, or when they have a house or when they have a something, when they are starting to grow up, they have a career, they have their own path now. And their path is not always aligned with our path, because as a kid, your path is always aligned with your fucking parents. It's like, oh, mom's going to the mall. Guess what that means? I'm going to the fucking mall. Yep. Oh, mom's getting her nail done. That means I'm going to sit and watch get her nails done. <laughs> Better have the Game just, Boy has batteries. <laughs> yep. It's funny. I was actually just telling somebody that story. I don't know if I would have ever known anime if it wasn't for that. The first time I ever watched Dragon Ball Z was in the back of the place where she got her nails done with her with that guy's kids. That's and it wild. Was awesome. Isn't that funny? Yeah, that is crazy to think about. Because like mad then, long ago. Hey, well, and that was just you you could do that. Like, okay. I even think my mom of you know, schlepping four kids to go get haircuts. It's like only one of us needed a haircut, but all four have to fucking go. Like there's no if ands. So then guess what? Four kids are getting haircuts this month and now your haircuts on that cycle. It's not on, you know, different. So you, you take a little bit less off the top this time. If you don't, you know, if you want your hair a little longer, but we're going and then just, you know, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, John, we need to cycle this up. So you're getting a fucking buzz cut, brother. And you're that's just like, God that. damn it. Yeah, it's time. Oh, it's summer. <laughs> Summertime cut. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, for right down the center. I did that many a times as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's exactly kind of what we're talking about. Where you're like, oh, okay. Now my plan is not only just my plan, you know, almost in a sense, you just got off somebody else's plan. You had your plan for a little bit, but now somebody's on your plan. So it's a we again, you know, there was very little almost in between time there of just like, oh, I was somebody's kid. And now I have a kid of just like yep. it's, it is it is going to be fucking awesome just to go through those milestones of fuck. You know, how many times did my parents a trip like come with me to my first day of school? And now I'm here on the first day of school again. Like the first day of school never really fucking ends. You're going to have to go to another first day of school for how long? Dude, I am terrified for homework. <laughs> yeah, new math scares <laughs> me. I don't know how, I, how they're doing I, it now. Hopefully they go back to the old way by the time you get there, brother. Cause... I was going to say, it's just going to be one of those things where I'm like, your mother was an accountant. So hopefully I can math, say, yeah. yeah, like, go ahead. You need, I don't even I'll know. I'll get history. Yeah, you bring daddy Jim. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to break it down for you, but you're going to be going to mom for a lot more of the homework than uh, mommy cares to, to probably want to solve too. 
I don't want to get too deep, but I did have this thought full on tonight where they were talking about what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. And I was like, that's going to be in a fucking book, bro. Like those, the guy with the Scottish thing, waving the flag, like that's going to be, if not already in a book, yep. that your kid is going to scroll through and be like, Oh, look at that. And maybe even have to ask you about Dude, you know, because before we were out of that school, like the next year, our books definitely had like nine 11 stuff in yep. it. Fully, and now that's already 20 years of history. I was just going to say that is not even like recent history anymore, which is like crazy. Like it's, definitely modern history right like if you take a class you're learning about 9-11 and probably going down those paths and figuring out like you know all the different things that then sprung but that's that's two full presidents ago already yeah dude teaching your kid history teaching your kid math who knows what new science they're gonna have to do and shit be sure to teach them taxes and all the good stuff that they really need to know how to live yep and yeah, please, for the love of fucking God, invite me over for the first date. I got to be there. I will rent a prop gun. I will get a fake <laughs> bottle of alcohol and I'll just I'll keep the beard really big and just come out like <laughs> I learned some things in jail. I'll teach him to you tonight if she's not home on time. <laughs> just something. Oh, yeah, we're going to be uh, we're going to be sitting out by a fire pit. I got a feeling when that when that all goes down. Just for effect, I want you looking across flames when when that happens. <laughs> it just feels right. Well, uh, I can't say enough. I, you are built to be a father. You are already a great father. I can't wait to watch you watch her in a very creepy way. Congratulations, brother. Thank you, man. I am. Uh, I'm happy to be here. That is for sure. With that, though, we are going to close on to this bro section and get into the superhero section where we're going to talk about season one of Game of Thrones. So to kind of keep this as a shorter episode, you know, not going into the two to three to four hour range, <laughs> we're not going to be able to recap the entire first season. There are 10 episodes all coming in at 55 minutes apiece. Do the math, guys, uh, to go through it, everything would just be a lot so that's not what this show is i feel like we're just gonna kind of go through maybe not episode by episode but maybe character by character might be pretty smart and to start that all off man as i kind of went through i caught the tail end pretty recently watched the first season not too long ago someone who i understand why they died and i understand how great it was for the show but like later on i would have really loved to see this show with a lot more ned stark yeah, he's kind of your true north that you're getting for that first season, and he doesn't come out of that first season. And when you're watching it, you just looking back, especially with seven seasons of knowledge in you, you're just like, stop, just don't do that, don't be so trusting, dumb shit. Well, and you really just wish, especially knowing how everything went, it's like you couldn't give me a half a season, you couldn't give me another two and a half seasons with Ned. Like how much stuff I get has to happen. You got to get the pieces moving and rolling. And what makes it great, right, is that in my opinion, season one does the best job of just throwing you haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. So it's like part of the greatest thing was that it was appointment television so that if you didn't watch, you were left out at the water cooler. And I feel like that tapered off a little bit at the end where they try and drag it out and the storytelling and this, you know, again, I get where they went. But season one, pound for pound, probably one of the better seasons, in my opinion, just across the board of any TV show um, to launch you into a series and then also just pull the carpet out right from under you. Basically, right from episode one. Yeah. And to even start before Ned, what I found interesting going back and kind of remembering the first season is that it starts with full on White Walker shit. And then we don't talk about it for the longest time. I mean, we talk about it, but we don't see anything more. We definitely don't get that urgency. It's kind of like, oh, White Walkers, ah. But they, the first scene is finding wildlings that have been torn apart and made into weird like symbols. Yeah. And you see a White Walker, and it cuts off somebody's head and shit like that. And that's what kickstarts it. And we don't go back above the wall and actually see a White Walker on screen for some time. And I found that very interesting. It's it's crazy all the amount that I was able to forget without this refresher. Oh, dude, it's insane. Uh, just what they're able to pack into what is it eight seasons, seven seasons of of television, man? They just they really uh, 
they had a, a tall task and, and right like this isn't about any season's past season one so i don't want to digress too far but it's they could have just continued to tell the story because i think the characters man just they had you you know you're in there you're you're engaged you're you're locked in um even to your point the the white walkers and you know what they develop into just as an entity like you're you're invested you want to see how that turns out you really want like oh okay like this is this is something worth fighting for like ken in my opinion when you can get the common individual behind dragons and medieval times and fantasy and that type you have to have good storytelling and that is definitely you know across the board where they they hit a home run which is obvious right it has books <laughs> that are there to back it up yeah and this first season stays really true to the first book which just kind of shows you how brilliant george R. R. martin is in terms of taking the introducing you to characters and then taking it away introducing you to concepts and then just kind of pushing them back as well because like you just said this white walker thing is at the front and it's almost the pinnacle of the show it becomes the emphasis of the last few seasons of like winter aka these guys are coming and like we really got to do something but in the first season it's like let me introduce you and here we go like let's look at all these other people we'll get back to that later much later yeah it really feels like um the best way to kind of compare it is to like an illusionist right like you know you're almost being fooled and you but you're like watching it and you're just so entertained and i think that's where the you know true entertainers kind of came in like it's people like this who like you said were able to just get you so engaged in what you're just focusing on right in that moment that forget everything you may or may not know like that's the best part about it is you you don't have to know much it's just that's good television right there like or or, again storytelling first and foremost let me pay tribute to you know the actual writing um, that goes into it. And then, of course, the actors doing their thing, but just really, really well done. Because the other great thing about the writing that George R. R. Martin attributes to J.R. Tolkien, even in kind of stealing the first name or the first letter for you know, the letter system in the naming, mm-hmm. it's just the depth of history in the story before the story even has to take place. So when we enter Game of Thrones season one, a man named Robert Baratheon who he's the king the king and cersei lannister or baratheon is his wife ned stark is up in the north warden of the north there's people everywhere and as they tell the current story of what they're doing they also fill you in of this complete other story of a rebellion robert's rebellion against the mad king and how they had to beat them at the trident and how Stark and Baratheon came together and just all this other stuff of like what happened even 20 years to get us to episode one to then start a story. So there's just storytelling on top of storytelling of history and depth and shit going on. And it's a lot to take in those character names, every other place. And, uh, but it's just amazing when you, when, when you start to, when you can, put the pieces together after i've seen it many many times i'm just like holy shit there is so much here and it's it makes you feel like it's real you know i know i'm looking at this kid how many kids on the screen do you can you go back their lineage three or four grandfathers you know to look at brandon stark and be like you were named for brand the builder i know this because that's like in blah 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 he yeah. built the wall he built the it's crazy and he thought of all of it and put it on paper it's it, it's it's an immense amount of world building oh it's just uh it's got to compare similarly to uh i don't know if you're a big parks and rec guy but when he builds the cones of dunshire right and he comes out and he basically locks himself you know away to just build this game and this fantasy world and these rules that are all associated with it and it's like of course i'm the greatest i created the game like that's how he's gotta feel when he looks back and he's like we can second guess and third guess all the different decisions that he made along the way. Like, oh, I wouldn't have done it this way. I would have done. And it's like, it wasn't my decision, man. Like this was, it's written in the annals of history. Like he's, he really dove, I think head first into kind of writing it, getting everything that he wanted out there and then staying true. Like to, to your point, introducing unintroduced, but having a theme that he could tie in through it all, which is the history of, the game of thrones the wheel that continues to turn 
And that was kind of cool as well, bringing back what you just said about, you know, history almost saw it coming for this character. I Like, he almost has said something so similar of, I wish that I could write the character different, but it just wouldn't make sense for the character because I have right. written their history. I've written what they've done in the past, and right. I also know people, and people very, very rarely 180. Right. You know, right. one of right. those right. stories in this show that I think happens is Jamie Lannister. Because in season one, as I was watching, he just sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck that I hate Jamie Lannister. I hate that. I t- oh, I could talk about how much I hate him all day long. In season one, episode one, you know, the great story of these two, of anybody who doesn't know, is that, like, he and his sister are lovers. Mm. The quote-unquote king's children aren't really Roberts. They're all Jamie's, and this idea that he's got incestual bastards propels the is what game of thrones is really all about because once robert dies spoiler alert guys it's all about who gets it next and is it his kids or is it is his brothers or should the targaryens come back and that's why it's called such the game of thrones but jamie just sucks he pushes a kid out the window he lies about it he's insolent he's smug he's arrogant he is just disgusting and you figure it all out because once again with the building of it just knowing that he's very talented he's very good looking and that's he's very wealthy he's a Lannister so his life has just kind of almost handed him everything one after the other after the other and when we meet him here he sucks but then season two happens he gets in prison there's a long journey he loses a sword hand you know there's a lot that happens to make him a 180 but there are other characters who go through a lot of shit and still just kind of Boom. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're still just nope. Nothing. More, really more, yeah. Glad it's happening to them. They couldn't. Couldn't. More worse things couldn't happen to Ramsey Bolton. But I digress. <laughs> or Stannis Baratheon is another one where he yeah. was hard headed until the very fucking end. Mm-hmm. You know, you would have loved to write a story where yes, Stannis Baratheon says "fuck you, Red Lady." I'm not going to burn my daughter. But right. that wasn't Stannis's character. That wouldn't have served him or the story correctly throughout anything. Correct. But you would have loved to see that chapter, but writing it would have just been like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, he had a clear... He knew to some extent that Daenerys and the Bells and everything at the end, like he knew that early on, right? It's all written throughout how he wanted to kind of tell the story and how he saw the finish line, which is really a tribute to, in my opinion, where season one is able to take you in the sense that it stays so true to the books. That's the closest to I can't change anything because it's already been written. Everything else it's poked and prodded and changed and moved along for Hollywood and shrunk and time and this and that and the other. Like Season one, I felt like that is his blank canvas that he was able to say, all right, if it fucking sucks, it doesn't matter. We've How many things have we done for a year that fucking suck and they don't get picked back up, right? Like this was go out, do your thing, you know, make it a success or don't, but at the end of the day, tell your story and he just it really it's uh season one is great i loved it i really did and i'm you know talking about it here just gets me excited to rewatch the whole series because i know once you get back on it's like uh we talked about sons of anarchy right if they were superheroes we could do a whole bunch on them but that that tv as well it's just before you know we pick our head up we're in season five again what just happened what year is it what's going on crazy it's funny that you talk about, you know, the success of season one and go out and just do it because there is a lost pilot somewhere where different characters aren't there. Amelia Clark is not our Daenerys. Some other lady whose name I can't remember. George R. R. Martin makes a uh, uh, cameo in it. He's one of the people at the Dothraki wedding. There's a bunch of different things. And from what I've heard, the scuttlebutt on the Internet is it's just trash (laughs) absolutely fucking horrible it's bad to watch and they saw that and they revamped it and re-went in and stuff and stayed you know because really yes george martin wrote the books and he executive produces the show but it's different show creators there's a bunch of d it's david and benoff and there's a bunch of names i don't it doesn't matter because it just doesn't but you know they stay true to the book for the first season but then they veer off so we don't know, actually, if George Martin's going to finish the series of books the same way the show finished the series of seasons. So 
So for anybody who didn't like the bells ringing, you know, you're talking about like, we don't know. George Martin really actually knows that that's the way she's going to go. It, it could change. A bunch of things could maybe happen differently, if not not happen at all. Gotcha. One of the largest things that like, I mean, as we're talking to even save time in this episode, we have to shorten it down. Imagine what they had to do for even 10, 55 minute episodes of a book this thick. Right. And then for a series this thick, one of the biggest ones any Game of Thrones fans want to talk about. And sorry if it's spoilers for you, but you know for sure Catelyn Stark dies. In the book, she kind of comes back to life with a little necromancy and has her throat slit. But so she can't talk. She can only whisper to Beric Dondarrion, the guy who gets the eye patch and keeps coming back from the Lord yep. of Light. And she's like super badass she's lady stoneheart and she goes around with a band of brothers like murdering people and shit like it's hardcore it's never picked up in the show so even a detail like that that was important to him might come out that just makes the bell ringing as you know the big thing that we're kind of sticking to like make it make more sense than the other guys were able to do could be i'm just fantasizing i'm hoping that that's what happens you know that he doesn't necessarily have to quote unquote make it better by changing it just has to do what george R. R. martin does and just layer and layer and layer and layer and then by the time we get there we're like oh not done it right exactly he kind of probably just told them like ah, it's gonna land right around this neck of the woods so do what you gotta do if it needs to go out now i'm not writing it i'm not rushing my process i'm doing he's my definitely thing. not rushing his process <laughs> no, yeah exactly because he gets paid to have it dangle yeah, and to be honest, too, I could also see in a world of egos of them just going, oh, well, we were going to go this way and just doing their own thing anyway. True. One of my favorite things for anybody with HBO Max, you could see how the last season got made. There's a fun documentary on it, all the time and work and production that goes into it. And that's for the last one. For this first one, it was even more because technology still wasn't all the way caught up. Like this first season just looks beautiful. All the sets, all the designs, all the costumes, it's pretty amazing to do exactly what we're talking about. George built a world and then they actually made it come to life. Right. It's pretty fucking dope. It's, it's really good. Well, and being the one who's responsible for carrying that out, right? Like, can you see the, I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, the Instagram videos and this It's John and, you know, um, Emily Clark just sitting at the table or Kit Harrington, you know, reading, you know, the final read and they, it, as they get it and they're like, Oh wait, what? Like, and, it's just everybody's so invested in the characters that then that's what makes it so great. It's just there's probably a top twenty to twenty five, like as you rewatch the show and you go, Oh my god, this person, oh my god, this for and it's just like you you love or you hate. Like you said, pretty much everybody instantly, and there's very few that you kind of flop back and forth between and the you know, Jamie being one of them, you, you made a good point. It just he's so easy to hate in season one. Just not even close. Yeah, not until the end does any redeemable kind of quality come in, Uh, especially makes me think of when he's soaking with Brienne. He's finally made it home and he's telling (laughs) about, you know, his his nickname is Kingslayer. Yep. Yep. And people use it and he kind of wears it as a badge of honor in some sense. And you think, oh, you scumbag. And then once he tells the story of like he's going to literally burn hundreds of kids and women. And I, you do, and you start to feel bad for him all of a sudden. Yep, and it's almost like somebody had to do it. Or if you were watching him, or even a flashback, and he had just let that action carry out, you'd be like, oh, typical Jamie, just standing by, letting nothing happen. Yeah, exactly. One of the characters who doesn't get any sort of anything, who sucks throughout the entire time, but is in my favorite scene of all time, of maybe Game of Thrones, but definitely season one, as we're talking about it, is Sir Peter Baelish Littlefinger. He is a conniving, scheming little fuck, and he stays that way. The scene that I have in question, though, is my absolute favorite. He meets up with Cersei, who is the queen regent, or maybe she's still the queen, because Robert's still alive. Either way, she's impeccably powerful, not only just being a Lannister, but the queen. So she's got her queen's guard with her, maybe four or five soldiers, and she stops to have a talk with Peter Baelish, and they're having a little sword fight with words. They're just kind of titting for tatting right now of like just being snarky with one another. And it starts to come to a head at the end where Peter Baelish more or less says, hey, I know you fuck your brother. 
<laughs> so like let's not get too too sword fighty with our words here let's always remember quote knowledge is power unquote right. and she kind of smiles and she takes a step back and says to her queen's guard let's kill lord peter let's kill peter seize him on his knees cut his throat and right before they slit she goes wait <laughs> i've changed my mind and let him go uh-huh. take a step back turn around now close your eyes and they follow every single command and she looks back at him and she goes no power, power is power yeah, and yeah, it's just one of those things where like you talked about let's come out of the gate with a season one stunner yeah that scene is something where it's like should i watch game of thrones and i'm like watch this and like if that yeah, sort yeah. of like that sort of acting and that sort of type of like that is the quote-unquote game of thrones is picking your battles picking your words and shit like that like Oh, that scene makes me excited. Like you were talking about, it just makes me excited. It makes me all giggly. Like, ooh, yeah. she a bad bitch. Oh, she's gonna do so many more things that are so much worse than that. Like, if she's able to do that in this moment and say no, then what is she gonna do when she's really angry? She's just trying to prove, like, that. It, like you said, she's plopping it out on the table without having it to plop out on the table. <laughs> that was a barely even a slight of a. What's the word? You know, it wasn't even a really attack. It was just a small one. And that was her reaction. Yep. You know, imagine if like, oh, man, what is this bitch going to do if somebody actually comes at her? <laughs> I mean, that's a question that gets answered time and time funny. again throughout the series. But yeah. that was the first kind of one where I was sitting there just going, oh, shit, like this is this is saucy. Like, this oh, is yeah. a good fucking show. And that's what I was going to say. Just like that is. You almost want her to get tripped up. And then when she's able to flex like that, you're like, damn, okay, she she really got it like that. <laughs> Next character I want to bring up is another one who doesn't make it out of the season, but is just fucking bitching, is Cal Drogo. Almost, once again, kind of how I started the conversation of, like, begging for a little bit of extra Ned. Like, imagine just a few more episodes of Cal Drogo just being fucking awesome. Played by the great Jason Moma. Anybody who doesn't know, he's right now currently DC's Aquaman, but I can't imagine you don't know who he is. Fuck, does he play that so great? He's a Dothraki rider, so there are people who really only believe in riding horses and killing and being good at it, and that's what he does the whole time. His relationship with Danny is it's a little creepy to begin with, but somehow, somehow, they grows into love, and their relationship, their acting together as Amelia Clark and Jason Moma is pretty electric. So all their scenes are really good together. And I just watched the episode that his arrogance is what leads to his death. Some guys judging him or giving him shit. And he puts up like that curved sword to him. And as it hits him, like it stops him, but it doesn't dig into him. And Cal Drogo pushes back on it. Just like, you know, and as he's about to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, as this guy's kind of spitting in his cows, his king's face, he goes, I'm not going to burn your body. Your ancestors won't ride with you. And as he's doing this, he's evading stuff. And the guy's like, but first you'll have to kill me. And Cal just goes, I already did. And just grabs his throat, like grabs his tongue and throw it out from his neck. He's a bitching character, dude. And unfortunately, he has to come to a demise. And his death is what leads to Danny, the mother of dragons, becoming just that. But fuck i would have liked a little bit more jason moma in that show oh if he could have just seen the dragons and they get across the fucking you know that this two seasons <laughs> and i was I imagine momoa getting a chance to uh fight fucking the night king or yeah <laughs> oh that, that would have been so sweet no, no no don't fight and just too you know he is the quote-unquote horse lord he's right. ridden a horse before he can know how to walk imagine him riding a dragon Oh my god. It would have been really cool. And yeah, like you said too, fuck man, him fighting the Night King would have been cool. Him getting yeah, a him place as at Lannister or something like that would have been really good too, but John, Danny, and fucking Kyle Drago riding the three dragons. That would have been really fucking Come cool, on, dude. That'd be tough. He's blood of my blood, you're blood of my blood. Like yeah. we're gonna all ride these shits together. So, yeah. That would have been so good. It's just like fucking jet skis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to go want this together, right? Yeah, we're going to do this together. 
some characters who take a back burner this time. As I watched this season, I was like, man, I feel bad for Sansa. That's the only thing I could really say for her this entire season is I just feel so bad for her and it just gets worse for her and then it gets better. But she and Ari really don't get much to do in this because it's really more about Rob and John from the Stark side of it because Rob is pissed that his father was taken prisoner and stuff. And yeah, I mean, my thing is like Sansa, she just couldn't wait to be with Joffrey. So it's like, I'm almost happy season one, the way she gets treated. You don't grow to love, like me at least, I didn't grow to love Sansa until later seasons. And then I just, I fucking loved her. Right. Like I couldn't, I, cause again, I don't know if it's just me, but when I watch TV, like I watch it through for the most part, right. With it, what is it? The, main protagonist or antagonist which i like i watch it as john fucking snow right so the for the most part like i look at that character and i see a lot of like again protecting my little sisters i've had three girls you know three sisters my whole life so like i see that relationship as like until they grow up and can have that little bit of back and forth and the checking each other and then almost sansa being like well i actually have you know the biggest sway in what's going on (laughs) it's just like it's pretty cool to, uh, you know, see her unfold. But actually, season one, like, she's right up there with Jamie for me in terms of just, like, oh, you're fucking so annoying. Just go go be at the Capitol at this point. Get the fuck out of here. Like, uh, if you were a true norther, you'd be hanging out here, like, hanging with Ned. and do, Like you said, being boys with the boys. <laughs> she's whiny, yes. Yeah. And especially horribly so when you're going back knowing, like, everything you're begging for is not what you want. But it's just, yeah, it's going to stop you dead in your tracks and just, just stop. Just shut up, please. Yeah. And I think as men watching the show, right, you relate to Aria a little bit more early on, like as the tomboy wanting to sword fight and get behind her as a character and the relationship right with her and Ned and the way that that is, you know, nurtured and, you know, it's almost encouraged, right. To go, to go be and compete with one of the boys. Right. And I, I can, I think that hits home. More so now for me, right? Like with the daughter, I'm going to encourage all the hell out of that, you know, in what she does, um, you know, around the neighborhood, right? Or from a competitive standpoint, locally in grade school, all that stuff. Um, But to watch the early seasons, it's almost like, okay, well, just go. (laughs) Go, Sansa. Like, see ya. We don't know enough, like, about just how bad it winds up being there. But how much more could you want than to be the daughter of the king of the north? Yeah, you want to be the princess of the world, exactly. Yeah, like it's that crazy, greed that right? kind of leads her down exactly the road of what she doesn't want. So let that be a fucking lesson to you, kids. And then all she wants is to be, you know, comfortable in her own skin at home at one point, which is Correct. like that's the furthest thing you wanted to get away from. Which is just like a really yep. crazy thing to see too. And finally, yes, there's a lot of characters, but we can't end the Game of Thrones talk without bringing up pretty much shit. Is he the best? I think he's the best. He's definitely the most entertaining to watch, and that's Tyrion Lannister, played by Peter Dinklage. In this first season, he doesn't look the way he's going to go. His hair is much more blonde. You know, they were really trying to make him look like one of the other Lannisters. So if you've seen the whole thing, when you go back to watch season one, you're like, oh, man, that's the way he started. Like, that's weird looking. Not yep. weird looking, but it's just not the way you end up going, especially because he grows out the beard and he gets really shaggy looking by the very, very end. And then this, he's clean cut, super blonde hair that's kept very nice, but he's kept his wit. You know, he's the smartest character in the entire one. He's the most well-read. He's got to be the quippiest because for anybody who doesn't know, Peter Dinklage is a little person. And anybody who doesn't know, a little person long times ago, like he was seen as a giant joke you know just for living and being a little person so he always had to be the smartest one and therefore he is he's the most clever and ruthless with his words he gets the last word all the time and it he's he is the most fun fucking character to watch on the show if you ask me oh he's the best yeah absolutely i mean he is a absolute pleasure to watch do his thing from an acting standpoint too like just so on point so sharp tongued and witted and all that like i just absolutely relate to him and and love to watch him go to work because 
he's another one similar to Littlefinger, right? Like he understands that there's multiple ways to get things done. And more often than not, if you're not going to be the strongest, right? Beat somebody over the head, literally like the mountain, then you got to be the smartest so that you can control somebody like the mountain, right? Or, or be somewhere like, cause he's a Lannister. Those, those guys are resourceful if nothing else, right? Like they're able to, get out of a line. What I love is that he is very much so true to the tag, right? That he like, whereas Jamie throws around the Lannister pays their debts as a way to get out of things. I feel like, um, Tyrion uses it almost as a way of like, Hey, trust me. Like this is, I'm good. This is my word. Like almost like word is bond, right? Like I got like, trust me on this. Like I will pay my debt. You don't have to worry about that. Like that is just, secondary i'll leverage it because i know that that's what i'm looked at as whereas jamie is like who the fuck you don't know who i am like give me this i pay my debts don't worry like it's just it's two different ways to look at the same almost saying and or family philosophy right but it's presented so differently in the kingslayer and in the dwarf right and just the way that they're presented amongst family and especially too, yeah, and their fucking nicknames, you know, the Kingslayer and the Dwarf, or the Imp, they sometimes call them, like, yeah, exactly. you know, that is their nicknames for the both of them, and they are kind of brought up in the same house, but you could see the difference of it, and then you definitely see the difference when you meet Tywin Lannister, mm. you know, he's another great character who's super, super stern and serious and understands only the hardship of the Game of Thrones and plays it like a fucking calculated hawk almost. Fun fact, when we first meet him, he is not flaying, not scalping. He is hiding. He's taking the hide off of a deer. Okay. And he's really doing that. Oh, that's real life, really? Yeah, he really knows how to do that. And not only that, it's in a giant allegory for the entire first season of, like, the, the stag was the Baratheon... Uh, Sigil. Now this this Lannister who caused the killing is is now skinning it and taking it out. Like interesting. Fun fact, right? I did not know that. I like that. But Tywin is another one, and he breeds Tyrion to be just as calculating as him, if not more. Whereas sometimes all you feel is like Tyrion would have just loved for him just once to say good job. Oh, yeah. Yep. Always looking at, you know, because he so much so didn't get that from Jamie because Jamie was a step and fetcher, even though you've come to find that, you know, there's more depth to Jamie as the seasons go on. Um, But Tyrion so clearly, like you said, because he can't play the game any other way, has to play it from the angle of being just so on point with whether it be like battle tactics right or where this jamie would look at a situation and want to go in almost brute strength Tyrion would look at you know the way in through the sewer as a way to attack something like that's just it's it's pretty cool to see and then too i just love when he knows he's talking to snow and he's calling him a bastard over mm-hmm. and over and he says you got to wear like armor then nobody can use it against you yep it's like freaking he wrote for Eminem before he went out on stage. <laughs> all in all, it's a great show. Great first season. I couldn't have put it awesome. any better. Like you said, it just broke into the mainstream. It, yep. It's one of the, if not the best first seasons of a show. I mean, you said it and I can't, I have been trying to think of a better one, but no, it set the stage and it, it held the stage for a while, dude. I would say, I love season one. I think season two might be my most favorite, though. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit better. And then that's the one where Tyrion, as we're talking about, the guy who always gets the last word and always has a smart way of getting what he wants, also, by circumstance, becomes acting hand of the king. Yeah. Who actually has some fucking oomph behind his words as well of like, you know, I don't have to connive as hard anymore. Like I'm the king, like I'm the hand of the king. So gets to do things quicker than might've taken him before because of that extra oomph. And especially with Braun by his side and his shenanigans go up tenfold and he ends up saving the city. Tywin gets all the fucking glory, but it's Tyrion's battle plan at the battle of the Blackwater Bay to get through him. And 
that one might be my favorite. But I was just I was trying to wrap up with saying season one. If you have not watched Game of Thrones, I highly suggest that you get into it. I think that we spoil the balls off of it now (laughs) of certain stuff, but you could still get through it. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, okay, that's what he was talking about, because it is it is great fucking television. Oh, man. And I promise you, there's plenty of things that I could continue to spoil and you'd still find new things in each and every episode. Like just that's how really, really, really well done. I think that it was just they invested in it, especially early on. And it shows. And then, you know, again, to not get too far off the wagon here as it, you know, time went on and either they got comfortable or the show got comfortable. It just you could tell that it was kind of a different level, even in a side character like fucking Braun, bro, that you just brought up. Like, he was awesome. He's awesome. Still, you know, just crazy. Well, sir, I can't say thank you enough for coming and spending some time. I say it all the time, but it doesn't make it any less true that time is very, very limited for all of us. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. The fact that you come to spend any with me, especially now after the bro section of saying I should be sleeping right now because she's sleeping. You're not sleeping so you could stay up and talk to me. That's fucking amazing. That's why we're brothers. That's why I just I love you so much. Thanks for coming and hanging out again. Always support me through all this stuff. Brother Johnny, I love you so much. Thank you again. No, my pleasure, man. I'm glad to uh, continue to come back and as we... uh you know continue to pick other topics she grows you know but in the bros that we're gonna always have that that's the easy part it's just a matter of what we want to you know shape the topic and keep the hopefully uh, listeners entertained in the uh, superhero part <laughs> i think we did a great job today with some game of thrones talk we can start a, a separate podcast all together just going breaking down episode by episode in the season but for now we'll just stick to season to season so maybe next time it'll be season two maybe it'll be something different either way dude like said it's it's easy so that's why we're definitely going to keep coming back and once again sir thank you i love you brother hey man love you too and uh happy happy to be here and i love all the listeners if you're there on the other side and you're like man i can't get enough buds bros and superheroes you can go ahead to all the social media platforms like subscribe all those fun things can't do any of those you know i understand people got a people but if you could just do it word of mouth because if you know a friend who likes Buds, Bros, and Superheroes? Have I got a fucking show for them? Guys, I have been Nick James, joined by the wonderful... Brother Johnny. This has been Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, and we are out of here.